Welcome to the Cherry Hills Podcast. We are in a series entitled Hearing God. During this month of July, we hope to rekindle a hunger within us to hear God's voice and listen and respond to Him. Thanks for joining us. My name is Carol Steer. I have been married to my husband, Bob, for 40 years. We have three married children and eight grandchildren. One of the things that I needed help with really getting into my bones was that Jesus would never leave me. And so those were scriptures that really stood out to me. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. It's better that I go away because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. So you'll always have my presence. As I began to believe that, then I began to talk to him more about everyday life. Once, um, young mom, I got kids going into kindergarten, first grade, and I'm in what used to be the Kmart here in town. And I get in, check out, full basket of things, and I cannot find my car keys. My husband's out of town, of course. <laughs> and I just said, oh, Jesus, where are my keys? And in just a moment, I had a picture. I kid you not, I turned that basket around, walked down a particular aisle, stuck my hand in a box without looking, and there were my keys. And it was just a wonderful memory. It is today that he cares about the details of my life and that something as small as where are my keys is important to him. Probably the most challenging part about hearing God is pace of life, when I get uh, running, too busy. And then I'm just using my own intellect and my own decision-making, and I'm forgetting that I have the wisdom of God available to me if I'll just slow down and ask. Because our God wants to reveal himself. The whole library of scripture gives that to you. He wants to be known. And the question really is, do we want to know him? Well, good morning, everybody. I am so thankful for Carol's testimony because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're in the series called Hearing God, and uh, we're going to talk today about how do we hear God in everyday moments. So I want to invite you, if you would, to turn to Proverbs 3. And uh, if you're using a Bible there, it's usually in the middle. If you're using a device, Proverbs 3, uh, right around 5 through 7, and uh, it's on the 512 in the Black Bibles. If you decide to pull one of those out, it's on page 512. We're going to look at that in just a little bit. But I want to tell you, uh, as we think about this series, uh, about nine years ago, I was taking an international flight to England, and I was with uh, Aer Lingus, which was going to take me through Ireland and then on to England. If you've ever flown out of O'Hare Airport, you know that international flights often get delayed, and so you can be sitting there next to people you don't know, sometimes for hours. And in my case, I was, this flight was delayed two hours. And when that happens, in this age of phones and devices and everything, everybody looks for the plugs. So I was on the floor next to a plug, and there was a lady that we were sharing this plug, and she was sitting there, and I didn't want to be weird or anything, so we didn't talk until the plane announced it was ready, and we're now standing in line. And I said, where are you flying to? She said, I'm going to Paris. I said, she said, where, I'm going to England. And so I said, what's taking you to Paris? She says, I'm going there to see a friend I met 
uh, years ago through, uh, you may not have heard of it, Youth with a Mission. And I said, I have heard of Youth with a Mission. In fact, she shortened it to YWAM. And I said, I really appreciate that ministry. And uh, she said, it changed my life. I was at Purdue University. I decided to take a year off, get some training. I didn't grow up in the church. And so I really appreciated it. And I ended up teaching for Youth with a Mission for an extra year before I went back to Purdue. I said, can I just ask you a question? What did you appreciate about YWAM? Why did you stay? What did they teach you? I'll never forget what she said. They taught me how to hear God. And I remember walking away from that conversation thinking, that may be the most important thing we can learn how to do, is how to hear God in this world. And so if you haven't been here, we have been talking about this series sentence every week. And so we'll put it up here on the screen. Would you mind reading it with me so we can all think about it together? If we want to walk in the way of Jesus, we must learn to hear his voice. And so today, I just want to just do a brief kind of overview of, you know, just this real, is this even possible? I want to talk to you about the what, you know, the, the, excuse me, the how God does it. And then I want to talk to you about what it would look like in your life. So if you're following along in the notes, notice this. The Bible records God communicating with people nearly 3,000 times. The Bible records God communicating. I know that's one of the longer words you'll need today. Communicating nearly 3,000 times. Look at this quote by David Joel Hamilton. Here's what he says. The problem is not a lack of communication on God's part, but a shortage of listening on the part of his people. Of all the things the Bible tells us about God, his capacity to communicate is the action most frequently mentioned in the Old Testament. We are told that God speaks over 1,400 times. In the New Testament, God is said to speak over 500 times. These and many other words are used to describe God's great communication skills. He answers, he asks, he assures, calls, commands, declares, directs, explains, instructs, mentions, orders, promises, replies, responds, reveals, says, speaks, tells, warns, etc. All told, God's great ability to communicate is mentioned nearly 3,000 times in the Bible. And when people say, does God communicate? Does God still speak? Oh, yeah, he sure does. And he wants to communicate with you if you didn't already know that. And so if you're following along, here's the reality that we have been trying to unpack this entire five weeks as we wrap up the series today. The reality is God still speaks to people today. God still speaks to people today. Now, we always got to be careful when we say that, and I'm going to qualify that in a little bit. But let me just ask you to read that first gray box where Jesus says these words. Let's read it together. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Here's another verse that Jesus said from John 8, verse 47. Look at what he says there. Whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. New Testament now, friends. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Jesus says, look, if you belong to God, you're going to be able to hear him. You're going to be able to know it's God and not bad pizza. You're going to be able to know. And this is something that many people have told me, like this gal, before she got on the plane, I didn't know. No one had ever told me. 
My parents never taught me that. No one had ever taken the time. I didn't know that I could have a relationship with God where he knew my address. He knew where I lived. He knew how to talk to me in a language that I could understand. It's an amazing thing, friends. And so as we talk about today, I want to talk to you first about the how. How does he do it? If you're following along, God speaks by his Holy Spirit. God speaks by his Holy Spirit. And then here's how he does it. And this is what we've been trying to unpack these last five weeks. Through the Bible, prayer, and his people. God speaks by his Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, and his people. I was so grateful. Again, just the first week, Chuck talked to us about listening. Learning how to listen. It's one of the most important skills in our world today. But then we talked about how to listen in prayer and how to listen. Then Luke taught the last two weeks on how to listen through the word of God. And then how to listen in community. How to listen to each other as believers. How do we do that? God often wants to talk through other people to us. And so as we think about that today, I want to talk to you about how God, we can hear God in our everyday, ordinary moments, like when we lose our keys or other things like that. I just want to talk to you about what that would look like, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But here's more about the how. How does God do it? God gives, if you're following along, the Spirit to all who belong to Him. God gives the Spirit of God to all who belong to Him. This is an amazing thing. And, and, and let me just uh, invite you. Some of you may remember that we, as a church, years ago, we went through something called experiencing God. And Henry Blackaby had this quote. Here's, here's what he said in this. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. That's his whole goal. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know his purposes and his ways so we're not just walking around unsure of even why we're here. And friends, I've said this to you before, but we were made by God to know God and do everything, everything with God. Everything. Every ordinary moment of your life. And I know there's a lot of people out there. Why am I here? You were made by God for his purposes, to know him and to walk with him and to do all of life with him. And if that's God's purpose for our lives, then it's really important that we learn how to be tuned into him. And so as we think about that, and that's one of the reasons why we've challenged you to be in God's word every day. Why? So you and I can stay within hearing range of God's voice. It is his revealed way of already talking to us. And when we talk about hearing God, I am not suggesting that there's going to be any new revelation beyond the Bible. I'm not suggesting that at all. I'm saying, though, that he wants to unpack the word of God personally to each one of us as we walk through this world. But we got to be in hearing range of his voice. We got to be filling our mind and feeding ourselves with the word of God. Look at what Paul Little says, if that's the case. Notice this. Uh, Paul Little actually makes a comment. He says, has it ever struck you that the vast majority of the will of God for your life has already been revealed in the Bible? This is a crucial thing to grasp. In other words, it, you may say, well, should I wear a yellow shirt or a red shirt today? That's not in the Bible. Okay. But that's not near as important as what is in the Bible, because if you and I will pay attention to what God already instructs us and get about that, so much of his will for our life will come to us. We'll know it. And so we just need to know that. But notice this, uh, that Jesus, 
uh, excuse me, in Ephesians 1, here's what happens. In case you've never understood this, when you believe in Jesus Christ, he immediately gives you his Holy Spirit to come live inside of you. Here's what Ephesians 1.13 says. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. Friends, I got to just tell you, this has changed my life. Sometimes I remember even a few uh, months ago, I was out in the parking lot and someone was telling me about something they were going through. And I said, can I just pray with you about that right then? And, and the Lord just seemed to impress upon me right now. Remind them that the Holy Spirit that I've given them is in them. And so I just, I just said, I said, God, thank you that they have your Holy Spirit. Thank you that when they received Jesus, they also received your Holy Spirit, who now lives inside of them and can now help them with this challenge they're facing. They have resources, they have strength, they have a person known as God, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of them. That's changed me. And I, I just want, have you trusted in Christ? You may, not have, you may not know the Holy Spirit very well yet, but he's just like Jesus. Jesus said, he's just like me. I will send another helper to help you. Now, notice this if you're following along. Like a tuner, he enables us to hear God. Like a tuner, he enables us to hear God. I've thought about this a number of times, but someone else put it really well. Radio waves fill the air. Music to suit every year, sporting events, news, talk shows, public announcements. They're all around us, but we do not hear them unless we get a radio. Still, we hear nothing, so we plug it into an outlet. Still, we hear nothing, so we make sure it's turned on. Still, we hear nothing, so we check the volume. Still, we hear nothing, so we dial our favorite station. Now we hear clearly. The radio waves were there all the time, but we couldn't hear because our radios weren't tuned in. God is speaking, but are we tuned in? So let me just say, some of you that are much younger than me, I don't know if you know this, but there used to be radios without digital. <laughs> now here's a picture of what it actually looked like back in those days, okay? And when we were, when we were your age, we had to do it this way, okay? And here's kind of how it worked. Here's just, listen to this. This is what it sounded like when you use one of those. No comment about... Pastor Steve loves jazz. And so if you love jazz, that's what he's tuned into many times in our offices next to each other. I guess what I'm saying is in the Christian life, the Holy Spirit takes what used to be just static when we were walking around trying to understand where we were going, what we were about. And then when we met the Lord, he began to make sense. I will never forget when I was 15 years old. I'd grown up in the church. My dad was a pastor. I knew a lot of the Bible stories backwards and forwards. But one day when I was 15 years old, after I told God, I can memorize these stories backwards and forwards. I do not know what they have to do with my life. They're kind of like static. One day I'm reading the Bible and all of a sudden I saw exactly how it related to a situation in my life. And I suddenly realized that God, by the work of his Holy Spirit, had turned on my tuner. I was so grateful. Have you had that experience? One more thing about the how is that he often speaks to us. And you guys knew this phrase was coming across the ticker of 
are mine. Now, I just need to tell you one thing about that phrase. A lot of you have given me credit for that. It wasn't original to me. I heard it years ago in a talk, and I've never been able to forget it because it helped me understand. Friends, God rarely talks to us audibly. I'm not saying he doesn't anymore because my dad has heard him audibly a couple times in my life. I've met people that have actually heard him audibly. I never have. But I can tell you that God still speaks. And the way he often speaks most frequently is not only through his word, through prayer, and through other believers, but he also speaks across the tick of our mind through our thought processes. Now, again, I always want to be careful because I've met people that said, God told me to go and kill all those people, right? They had a thought, bad thought. So it's always got to be tested. And 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, test everything. If it is inconsistent with the word and the spirit of the scriptures, if it is inconsistent with the character of God and the moral character of God, friends, there's no way those people heard from God. So it's got to be tested. And I like what you said last week, Luke, is there's got to be discernment. But I will say this, is that oftentimes the way we know it's the voice of God is that it sounds different than our voice. Let me give you the example I've used the most over the years. When Trish and I were first married, we didn't have many dishes. So when we would eat a meal uh, and I had to take them to the sink like my mother taught me, it wasn't very many dishes. And we didn't have a dishwasher in our first apartment. And so it didn't take long to wash the dishes. But I remember this one night, the first few weeks we were married, of how proud I was of myself that I was taking my dishes to the sink like my mother had taught me. And the next thought I had was, I think I'll go watch TV. That was going across the ticker in my mind, okay? The next thought I had was, Jeff, take up the towel. Huh, I wonder whose voice that is. That sounds a lot like Jesus who did take up the towel and washed his servant's feet. And you know what I realized? The Lord loved my wife that moment more than I did. And he wanted me to stand next to her and dry the dishes while she washed. My thought was, I think I'll go watch TV. God was, Jeff, here's a thought. Take up the towel. Friends, I got to tell you, I knew that was God. I don't remember much what we, Trish and I talked about that night, but I know I was supposed to be there. Now, here's what's funny. This last week, we celebrated 41 years. Guess what? The Spirit of God mentioned it to me again this week. Here's what I, here's what I learned. God knows how to speak fluent you. God knows how to speak fluent me. I was amazed. I thought, how does he even know what I'm thinking? Well, Psalm 139 says he perceives our thoughts from afar. He's familiar with all our ways. He knows how to speak you to you. That's how well he knows you. That's the how. So as we think about the how, what would it look like? What would it look like in your life and mine if we actually get better at this? Okay, so I want to talk to you about that. Learning to hear his voice everywhere we go. And some of you know that, again, one of the passages over the last 30 some years that I've taught on more in this church than any other passage is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, 3, 6, especially. And so some of you, do you, you know what it says? If you're unfamiliar, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct 
your paths. Do you mind just saying that with me? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now, a lot of people over the years, what I've noticed about myself and other people is we get hung up on the in all your ways part. We go, that's impossible. That's only possible for monks. That's only possible for people that don't have any other responsibilities. Not true. When God says, acknowledge me, acknowledge me in all your ways, he means it. That's why he says, pray without ceasing. It's actually possible. Now, again, I'm going to explain how, but this is something that in all your ways. So here's, here's what I want to show you today. I was looking at it in the message paraphrase, and I put it as the second gray box. And this is what I hope you'll walk out of here with today. So would you read it with me out loud, please? Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Now, years ago, I I realized that one of the reasons why I do not acknowledge him in all my ways, it's found in the bookmarks around that verse. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then here's the phrase, lean not on your own understanding. Please hear me, friends. God is not suggesting you and I kiss our brains goodbye. What he is saying is, don't put your full weight on what you understand. Don't lean on that. And friends, we're told to be really smart, really clever, and to lean on what we know. Bad idea according to God, a better idea. Acknowledge me in all your ways. And then guess what the other bookend is? Do not be wise in your own eyes. You know why I don't acknowledge God sometimes? Because I start leaning on my own understanding and I start getting wise in my own eyes. And this is because, I, I mean, I've walked with God for over 45 years and you know what, that, that's a blessing. But guess what starts happening? All of a sudden I start getting cocky. God, I've done this before. I got this one. And I stop acknowledging him and I stop putting myself in a position to hear him. And so one of the stories I love is Mary and Martha. In Luke 10, the last four or five verses of that, if you've never read it, Jesus is in the home of his friend, Mary and Martha. And it says that there was a meal getting ready and everything. And his friend, Mary, is sitting at his feet, listening to Jesus, it says. Meanwhile, Martha's really all bothered and everything about the meal. And she thinks her sister should be helping her. And so she says, Lord, aren't you going to tell my sister to help me? Now, listen to what Jesus says. I love this. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Now, some people think that what that means is, is that we should just all stop working or doing whatever we're doing and just sit at Jesus' feet all day long. I don't believe that's what Jesus was saying at all. I believe Jesus was saying, Martha, you could actually be preparing this meal right now and still be listening to what I'm talking about. You can do both things at the same time. Mary is just making sure she doesn't miss what I have to say. So here's the thing I want to just ask you. Why is it so important? To listen to Jesus, what's the big thing? And and if you're following along, here's the first thing. It requires a humble, teachable posture before God. Learning to hear his voice everywhere we go requires a humble, teachable posture before God. 
And that means that, that it, that's what positions us to hear him. So can you actually, again, when you're miles from this room this week, can you picture yourself just kind of starting the day and then all throughout the day saying, God, I just want to, as best I can, I'm new to this or I still don't have this down very much, but I just want to position myself more to hear you and what you might want me to know. And so I'm, my, I'm going to have my antenna up. I'm going to be, I'm just asking you to use the tuner you gave me and the Holy Spirit to help me, but I, I want to learn how to do this. If you have that kind of humble posture, it will position you just like Mary was learning how to do that. And Jesus was inviting Mary to do it. Because here's the thing. Here, here's what God showed me years ago with this story of Mary and Martha. If I would make it my whole goal all day, that everything I did, I just said, Lord, how do you want me to see this, do this? How do I acknowledge you in this? Then I, I pictured the Lord putting his arm around me and saying, okay, when you are with that person, I want you to notice this. When you're doing this today, I want to show you and help you understand this. And because all I was doing was saying, Lord, what do you want me to know? How do you want me to see things? Huge. Second thing is God's looking for a readiness to hear and obey him. God's looking for a readiness to hear and obey him. Jesus often said this phrase with his parables. In, in uh, Matthew 13, 9, maybe you've seen this before, this phrase. You mind reading it with me? Whoever has ears, let them hear. Again, this morning, uh, what was interesting is, I didn't use this verse, but when I, I listed John 14, 26 earlier, Jesus says, when I give you the Holy Spirit, he will remind you of everything I have said to you. I love that. Jesus was saying, look, I'm going away, but I'm going to give the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And he's, he's going to be the great reminder. Across the ticker of your mind, you'll remember something I said. That actually happened to me this morning. This morning, I was thinking about, you know, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And all of a sudden, I remembered that I read that in the message prayer, paraphrase, you know, several years ago, and it came back to me. I didn't remember exactly where it was found, but then I realized it's the verse I'm going to share with you. So here's what it says in the message paraphrase. Jesus actually was meaning this. Are you listening to this? Really listening? After Jesus would tell a story, he'd go, are you listening? Are you really listening? Are you really trying to understand what I'm teaching you? Because if you have that posture, you have that readiness to obey. I have all kinds of things I want to show you because you're ready. You're ready. Now I, now I can show you and you'll be ready to put it into action. Some of you um, know that I, we have three kids, and um, uh, a week ago, um, we got a chance to spend time with our oldest son and his family, and um, we were driving uh, to the place we were staying, and so I was just telling Jeremy, he's 36 now, you know, where, you know what, what do you think of when you talk about hearing God? And he says, it reminds me of that applicant story. I knew exactly which one he was talking about. Let me read it to you. It says, many years ago, a young man applied for a job as a Morse code operator in a telegraph office. When he arrived for the interview, he walked into a large, busy office filled with noise and clatter, including the sound of the telegraph in the background. Each applicant filled out a form and were seated until they were summoned into the inner office. Seven other applicants sat in the room waiting. After a few minutes, the young man stood up, crossed the room to the door of the inner office, and walked right in. Naturally, the other applicants perked up and wondered what was going on. They muttered among themselves that they hadn't heard any summons yet. They assumed that the young man who went into the office made a mistake and would be disqualified. 
Within a few minutes, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming, but the job has been filled. The other applicants began grumblingly to each other, and one spoke up saying, wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last to come in, and we never even got a chance to be interviewed. Yet he got the job. That's not fair. The employer said, I'm sorry, but the last few minutes while you were sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. None of you heard it or understood it. This young man did. The job is his. Friends, I believe that God is looking for people that are listening. And people that when they listen, they'll respond. And they'll, they'll act on what he's saying because he knows he can work with us. He knows he can partner with us like that. And he, he wants to do it in the most ordinary ways. So again, if you're following along, he whispers encouragement, correction, and guidance. He whispers encouragement, correction, and guidance. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times when I've stood up here, God has just whispered to me, remember, I called you. And when I called you to teach, I'm going to help you. Where I guide you, I will provide for you. I will help you. Man, it's been so encouraging. Friends, there's been a number of times I just wanted to quit. Quit what I was doing or quit being a pastor or quit, you know. There's just been a number of times. I remember Rick Warren being asked years ago as a pastor, how often do you think about quitting? He said, only every Monday. <laughs> and friends, we all face discouragement. And God wants to speak a word of grace to you today. He wants to speak a word of encouragement. And then sometimes he has to speak a word of correction. Like when I was going to go watch TV instead of help my wife. But I'll never forget, I was in Wisconsin years ago at a conference. And there was a guy that was speaking and he was fantastic. He was a real blessing. I'd heard him a number of times. And he was just really, really mature and helpful. But one night he was talking about some segment of Christian, the Christian family. I don't remember some brothers and sisters and one of their kind of quirky habits. And he just kind of got a little mocking, but it was funny. So we all laughed. And I'll never forget, all of a sudden he goes, wait. He had this pain look on his face. He goes, wait. He said, the Lord just showed me that I hurt some people he cares about. Would you please forgive me? I, I don't remember anything else he said, but I remember thinking that's what it looks like when someone listens and is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I want to be like that. And then oftentimes he just speaks guidance. Um, let me go on. How do we do this? When the pastors, a number of years ago, we had a chance for two years to meet with some coaches that helped us understand how to teach discipleship in a new way. And those coaches said to us something that I still can't get out of my mind. They said, there's two questions every disciple needs to learn to ask. And I've listed them here in the notes. Lord, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to know right now? What do you want me to do? So let me kind of tie this together. About 40 some years ago, 
my life changed when I had a chance to meet with a guy. I, in fact, this morning it hit me. I don't even remember the guy's name, but he impacted me so profoundly. And um, what happened is, is that I went over to his house to talk about a possible job. This was before I was a pastor. And he said, uh, have, your wife goes to Wheaton College, right? I said, yeah. He goes, I went to Wheaton College. He said, I was forever impacted by a guy named Evan Welsh. Evan Welsh was the chaplain when I was at Wheaton. And he said he was just a short little guy, even shorter than you. And he said, this guy would just oftentimes walk throughout the campus. He didn't just speak in chapel. He would walk on the campus. He said, one night I was late for curfew. And he said, I barely got there in time. It was like 1.59. And I look out, my light shone on this little guy. And he had just a thing picking up garbage. And I noticed that his lips were moving. And I thought, is he crazy? Like what's going on? So eventually I got to know him and I asked him, what do you do when you're picking up garbage? He says, oh, I pray for you students. I pray for what God wants to do. He says, like, you do that while you're picking up garbage? He says, yeah, you can do both at the same time. He says, then he learned that when he would speak with people, Evan Welsh had developed, a, he had trained himself that every person that was in front of him, he said, God, help me see this person as you see them. Help me, help me as I listen to notice anything you want me to notice. If there's something you want me to do for them, show me what it is. If there's something you want me to notice and then say back to them, show me what it is. If there's some way you just want me to love them, show me how to do it. He just had this listening. And so what do you want me to notice? I started developing that. And it's really helped me. It's a lot of times when I'm shaking your hands, I'm trying to do the dual tracking thing of listening to God, but at the same time appreciating and listening to you. You can do this. You can do this. And so we, had, we developed a practice guide. And now this week, as I designed this practice guide, um, I want to just give you some ways that you can actually practice this. And you can pick one of these up out in the lobby if you haven't already. Uh, we have, every week we've done this, and maybe you've been using them. But again, I just invite you, if it's in your heart to want to learn how to do this better, that, that can help you. And I mentioned some ways. But notice this, that as we acknowledge him as Lord, he directs our paths. As we acknowledge him as Lord, he really does direct our paths. I love this verse, Proverbs 25, 14. I've been thinking about it this week. Um, Would you read it with me? The Lord confides in those who fear him. By the way, the fear him is not being scared of him. It's, it's, It's reverencing him. It's thinking of him with the utmost respect and honor. The Lord confides in people who have a heart like that towards God. He wants to confide in you. He wants to share things with you. He wants to encourage you and correct you and guide you. He really does. And so let me just tell a story how this happened in my life this week. We have some neighbors. And ever since COVID, I have really tried to think more about how to get better at neighboring. I've never been really great at it. But Trish and I have just tried to just think about our neighbors. So I designed a a little map. We have 55 houses on our circle. And during COVID, I just wrote those down and then tried to figure out how many names of the people I knew. We lived there 28 years, and it wasn't until COVID that I got to know a whole bunch more names. It was crazy. Just shows you how much I have to grow. But the neighbors, a caddy corner from us across the street are moving so we've been seeing the for sale sign, the sold sign, and then we saw a moving truck and stuff. And uh, Trish and I sent them a note and said, in case, because they've been going back and forth to Indiana and stuff. So I, I've been thinking, if in case we don't get to say goodbye to them, we want to tell them we appreciate them. We've only had 
little contact over the years, but some out in the yards. And I had this sense that God wanted me to pray with them before they go. Just to send them with a prayer of blessing and tell them we appreciated them as people. And, but it's the timing. You know how you're trying not to be kooky with God. So this morning, as I was pulling out of my drive, my neighbor is standing out on the street next to his vehicle. And I sense God says, now's the time. So I said, hi, Bill. Um, I see you're moving and stuff. And he says, yeah, if you know any young people or people your age, which I really appreciated him saying, <laughs> he said, we're going to pay 25 bucks an hour at 2.30 if you can get some people. I said, well, I'm teaching today, so I'll throw it out there. But anyway, he said, he said hey, you know, thanks for being neighbor stuff. I said, you know, hey, Lori, then Lori walked up. I said, you mind, you mind if I just pray? If you guys, I'd really like to pray before you go over. To, and so he said, that'd be fine. So I said, Lord, I just want to acknowledge you. By the way, that's the phrase I often use. I just go, Lord, I just want to acknowledge you right here in this. Or I just want to acknowledge you with Bill Norrie. And I pray that you'll go before them, that there'll be a blessing where they're going and that they'll know your grace in their life. And uh, just thank you that we've been able to be neighbors. Wasn't that long? Amen. He reached out his hand. He just said, thank you so much. And I, I just drove away going, thank you, God, for working that out. I felt like he directed my steps. It's not rocket science, friends, but it does take a posture. It does take a readiness. It does have to believe that God wants to talk to you as much as he wants to talk to me or any other spiritual person we think is more ahead of us. It's just, he's looking for anybody that's available and humble and ready and willing. So um, that verse in the third grade box, would would you read it out loud with me, please? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's another phrase. If you just want to try praying scripture this week, try that one. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. My antenna's up. Thank you for giving me the tuner. I want to hear you. So here's the prayer. Teach me, Lord, to listen for your voice in everything I do. Teach me, Lord. Everywhere I go, everything I do, teach me how to wash dishes or dry dishes with you. Teach me how when I'm driving in my car to listen to you. Teach me when I go into my job, how to do my job in the dual tracking thing. Thank you that you're giving me the skill to do both at the same time. Help me train myself so that more and more. Now, as I close, let me just say this. You know that I got to practice this this week. Just like you. And what I've noticed is oftentimes I preach on something and the Lord says, Oh, so you think you've really learned how to do this. Let me show you some ways you still need to learn how to do this. And I know that's going to happen. So you mind if I pray for all of us, and then we're going to sing a song about how we keep abiding in Jesus so we can hear him. Now, God, thank you so much that you want to speak to us and you can speak fluent us across the ticker of our minds. Show us how to be careful and discerning with that, not careless. To thank you that even in the littlest things like car keys or picking up a dish towel, you can work through us. Show us how to walk through this world on the move with you listening. Everyone agreed and said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like more information about our church, visit our website or find us on Facebook. Have a great day.